Hello, pals, and welcome to Pals Pulls, our weekly comic book discussion podcast for the comics pals. I'm your host today, Tyler Olson. I don't know why I said my full name. Um, and uh, Marco, say hello to everyone. Uh, hello, I'm Marco Cunolata. I knew. It nice was to meet you. Yeah, I knew. Uh, you I, couldn't help yourself. I, I was going to do, I, I was thinking all four names, and I was like, maybe not. You have four names? What are you, like, the anti-Oprah? I'm a Hispanic. Okay. You got me there. You got me there. <laughs> well, guys, this is the comic book re- review show where we read comic books and we talk about them. Uh, so this time on the show, we have five. I had to count in my head real quick. Five comics. Count them. Five. All right. I guess I'll do all the bits. Um, count them. Uh, there we go. Uh, so we're reading uh, Titans Beast World, number one. Alan Scott, Green Lantern, number two of six. The Flash, number three, which was the listener pick because uh, somebody here that is on the show currently decided it needed to be. And and thank you, Tyler, for sending that up because I want to take a moment to, to thank Nope, bro. Uh, we also are going to be reading Conan the Barbarian, number five. Uh, then Kaya, number 13. And uh, Marco didn't read it, and I didn't ask any of the other pals to read it, but I wanted to talk about it. Uh, I'm going to talk some Howard the Duck later. But... We're going to get right into it with Titans Beast World number one. So this is written by uh, the current uh, writer of Titans and Nightwing, Tom Taylor, with our, uh, pencils by Evan Rice, inker Danny Miki, colors by Brad Anderson, and letters by Wes Abbott. Huh. Huh. That's Ooh, that's my uh, first... My first thing is, huh. Um, I really like this. <laughs> yeah, same. So, okay. Same. So, so I think we've all been real lukewarm on Titans as a whole so far. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so when they announced, you know, Titans Beast World was a thing and, you know, that Tom Taylor was continuing his Titan stuff in a crossover comic. I still don't really know how this crossover works either. I'm sure there's a checklist in the back that I could have read, but I didn't. Um, I wasn't too, too jazzed about it when I first read about it. Um, but... As I got into this, I was like, man, this actually does feel like kind of a early New 52 DC event. You know, it's horror-leaning. It has Ivan Rice on art, who is like the DC event dude. You know, there's that one shot of his Batman in here that's like kind of lit strangely, so you can't really see his face. But it's it's such an Ivan Rice Batman shot. Um yeah, I actually really enjoyed this much more than the Titan stuff. It feels like the Titans are actually doing something here. Uh, that's comic booky. There's there's stakes. I think the, the the tasks that they have at hand are levels of like y- you need to be a super team to do this. And I think what that was one of the biggest critiques that we've had is this doesn't feel like it's worthy of the Titans' time. It doesn't feel like it's worthy of the Titans' name. Uh, and where's where's the Justice League? And I have a question on that. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up too when we get to it. But yeah. yeah. Um, but I this is they're called up to they're called up to bat, and it's something serious. And there's a, a clever way to get around the the villain. Um, in, in the in this case, the uh, there's a, a giant monster that is revealed by the Forever Knots, which I thought was a really cool just uh, introduction device. It's a deep cut, right? I I was thinking Micronauts. Um, uh, wrong publisher, yeah. Right, right. And I was like, no, that, that's not right. I'm not sure, actually. But 
I, I had I had fun with this. I, I thought it was a, a really good book. And I think compared to the Titans book that we've had, this was uh, unexpected and uh, unexpected fun. This was the Titans book I wanted to have. Agreed. Um, yeah. It is, you know, it, it's high stakes. It's super heroics, not just putting out literal fires. Um, but it still has this this kind of human element to it. You know, there's the whole the whole like emotional thread in this is uh, Beast Boy and Raven, uh, which you know uh, trans media have a lot of you know uh, uh, um, love for because you know the Titans you know comics or, or sorry Titans TV show Teen Titans. Uh, I didn't read uh, Teen Titans. I didn't watch Teen Titans Go, but uh, that whole dynamic is something I really enjoy. So having that be the emotional anchor, I thought was a good point. Um, Beast Boy is kind of the heart of the team. So having him kind of be the main character of this, which which was nice, because it's not something I've seen. Not since, like, Rot World, I think. Was Beast Boy, like, integral to, like, a Titans event, you know? And, uh, I mean, presumably we've... Uh, and I think previously Beast World is, like, a, a moniker they've used in the past, which is one of the reasons Kale has kind of not been so hot on where this mm. has been leading. So Interesting. Uh, assumingly, he's been... A, uh, a hero who has led an event in the past. But yeah, I agree that because he is the heart of the team, this this makes the, the, the subsequent kind of fallout kind of tragic. And, mm. I, and I worry for him. And you know what? You got me to emotionally connect to a character over the course of an issue. You did your job. And they let Beast Boy actually do things that, you know, I think we've posited on the show before. It's like, well, if Beast Boy can turn into an animal, why can't he turn into aliens? Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what his answer here. He's like, he can if he has enough brain power um, to figure out how to do it. Uh, I thought that was great. That was real comic booky stuff. Yeah, I agreed. Hey, yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't have the actual mental facility to create the thing that i'm thinking of i need a higher brain it's like what oh that's crazy cool okay yeah, so he picks like a, a whale that has just a bigger part of the brain that can do problem solving like that, that's that's such creative uh playing around with the character i mean it's like uh in screenwriting it's you know using what you have in the room um mm. use what beast boy can do to actually do something cool with beast boy i thought that was great this felt a lot more like what i i remember tom taylor's writing being and you know the uh the you know uh, DC zombies stuff, uh, deceased. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh yeah, okay. Um, or even like his injustice stuff, where like it's an it's an ensemble team book, but there's emotional stakes. There's there's super heroics. Uh, this is what I wanted. Honestly, I I don't know if it was uh it was Nicola it was Nicola Scott as on the main book. Uh, I believe so. That sounds right. Yes. Um. Yeah, I can I, check that real quick. Yeah, double check that for me because I always get her mixed up with someone else. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, I think Avner Race is just a, it's just more what I expect from this type of comic. Yeah, Nicholas uh, Scott. I mean, he's the, he's, you know, the, the relaunch Aquaman guy. He's the Blackest Night guy. Um, there is mm -hmm. a, a hominess to seeing his art. Uh, this is my pick of the week. Right no way i was yeah. just as surprised yeah interesting um okay uh, this this one wasn't but it was definitely a good book this was a pretty well maybe barring one or two this was a good week um and yeah the uh, i think just to comment on on the art it was 
it just feels like classic super yeah classic superheroics and i think the time frame that i started reading weekly books was new 52 so that's exactly the thing that i thought of I'm like oh this is a nice bombastic event got a good artist on it got a writer that i've been having a lot of fun with and now he's really pulling out all the stops awesome Sweet. and i think the the art lends itself to the idea of what the titans are supposed to be now because um uh, ivan rice is the he i think he drew he helped draw some of Jeff Johns' Justice League, right? Yep. yep. Um, so he's the Justice League artist. And if you want your Titans to be the replacement Justice League thing, throw them with the Justice League artist. I think it just makes sense to kind of uh, drive that home a bit more. Um, even though the Justice League show up in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That That was my biggest confusion was just like, hold on. Everybody's there. What's up? And yeah. I, I did appreciate that Beast Boy was like, no, hold on. Like, I can do this. And they weren't prompted. They were, they, they took charge. They said, actually, this is a situation that we can handle. Not even, not even a thing of like, we'll prove it to you. It is, no, this is, this is in our, this is in our purview. This is, you know, our Titans business. Yes, we'll do this. Yes, we can complete the task. The Titans are on it. I thought that was a good way to, to phrase, to frame this adventure. Yeah, but like the whole the fact that you know Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman are here, and they're uh, consciously taking a backseat, just doesn't ring true to me. Mm. You know, like it's, I mean, hey, fellow control freak here, but uh, having that Trinity be there, and then the world is about to be destroyed, and you're just gonna take a backseat just for the uh, the benefit of the younger generation. Like, no, you need, it's a world-ending threat. You need everyone there. It's it's just like, it's cute, but I just don't see how logistically that makes sense. I, hmm. So I I took it as they understand that this is happening, but they trust the team. Like, if you trust the team, then it should be okay to take over. It should be okay for them to, do the things that are needed because I know that they'll get it done. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, but I'm always up to like, if, if, if you, if, if you can do it, do it, you know, you gotta, you gotta let the birds fly, man. You know, you gotta, you gotta let them out the cage sometimes. Yeah. Let them out the cage with the entirety of the human race, uh, at, at stake. Sometimes those are the stakes, you know, I, I guess, I guess I did. I did like, Starro, um, or I like how they connected him to Starro. Garo. Yeah, well, I, no, I, I, thought, I thought it was. I thought that was in line with Beast Boy as a character. No, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's cheesy, but it's good. Yeah. But but I like that they they're like, oh, there are other creatures here that this has happened in the past. Um, I think it it was it was a cool. I I know who Starro is. I can ground myself in that reality, and it's it being connected to the um uh it being connected to that and then this feels like this is the star version of the new 52's justice league like they're having their moment to graduate where in in new 52 star comes in that's like the first what issue or two and they beat him up they clean up they form a team i think that that's where this is uh like a, a bit of an homage to that and then from there he's gonna go and do his own thing and this this feels like more of uh, more in line with the the debut of the Titans as a super team. You know, even just yeah. mentioning that Starro thing because that's what the Justice League did. 
you know. Um, yeah, all in all, I really like this. Oh, this is great. If this was the Titans book, go like for, for the past what six issues? Um, actually, it's not even that much. Uh, three or four. It's like three or four. Like if this was Titans, I would have been so much more into it. Like this is the book I wanted, and I, and I hope it can continue. Um, I don't know how, how what this event looks like in terms of release schedule and how it's released, but uh, yeah, I, I really like this. I I agree with you. Yeah, I hope that the Titans book can become this, or, or can can live up to this book in particular. Yeah. So if you uh, if you like us the way we like this book. You can support us on Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com slash thecomicspals, uh, where you can get uh, weekly newsletters uh, by one of us each week. Uh, who was up this week? It was like Cal, I think. Um, I, I didn't. Uh, Sean. Sean was, was up, Sean? and then I'm up. Okay. Next well, that, that's how it works. Yeah. So everyone, every, every other, every week or so, you'll you'll get uh, a new one by one of us. Um, you also can get your your name read on the the uh, the main show with the superpower. You get to uh, vote in the book club. Uh, that poll should be up any minute now. Actually, I should probably get that up. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. And if you, if you like us, you can also uh, join our YouTube membership channel, channel memberships, and become a VI pal, where you can get a cool green name there, like a Tom account. I see you in the chat. Thanks. Um, Chris, and you get Christian some... Harriet there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you, if you do that, you get uh, early access to some videos as well um, every week. We record a little, a little something extra at the at the end of the uh, the Saturday shows uh, offline to post later. But um, yeah, um, that'd be really great if you could. We'd appreciate it. Let's just do cool much. things. Uh, speaking of cool things, you want to talk about this next book? The Flash. Uh, no, it's Alan Scott Green Lantern. Okay, maybe cool oh. things was a bad segue. I'm not. I don't. I'm not as practiced. Uh, but Alan Scott, Green Lantern, and number two of six. This is by writer Tim Sheridan with art by Kian Tormi, uh, colors by Matt Herms, and letterer Lucas Gattani. Um, This was good. It wasn't maybe as up to the same level as the previous issue. Uh, I think that did a bit more legwork, and this one was... Um, Interesting. Uh, a lot more talky, a lot more like backstory. I actually, I actually like this better than the uh, the first issue. There's a lot less superheroics in this issue. This is this is not a this issue is not a superhero book. Um, this is about uh, Alan Scott um, after you know being caught with another man in the war. Um, instead of being dishonorably discharged or whatever, he gets uh, the option to meant to, to uh, uh, I guess uh, voluntarily admit himself into the deviancy wing of Arkham Asylum for being gay. Um, and it's more of a discussion on what it was like to be gay around that time, like post-world, mm-hmm. post-World War II. Um, and it's really messed up. Uh, like, I know Arkham Asylum is a pretty screwed up place already, uh, but this c- kind of brings a more realistic view to it. Um, you know, dealing with shock therapy and... You know, Alan's uh, roommate in the in, in his ward is, um, I guess, a trans person. Uh, they she goes by she in the book, even though it looks like uh, William Taft, um, <laughs> the way it's drawn. Uh, but it just shows at the time like you, those people existed still. You know, it's not a new thing, um, and it kind of takes a real a real approach to that in a book about a guy who has a cape and a magical lantern. That's an that's an interesting read, of um, 
the character of uh, Billy. We have that an interesting read. That's the text. Well, it, it uh, it's the text in in that. Um, I think also he was there was a moment where oh, actually, I mean that recontextualizes it actually. Because there's a moment where he's talking to somebody, but referring to the referring to Billy as he initially, and then it switches to she. Yeah, there's a just, there's a definitive change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, never mind. Never mind that. Which falls in line with the whole you know deviancy part of things, quote unquote. Sure. Yeah. Uh, which and, you know a character who's a, a gay character like that's Alan Scott now. You know that's who he is. Um, and it's a gay character in a time where we didn't really get to see or read gay character stories in that setting. Mm-hmm. So I think this, this this fills a really specific niche that's interesting to me because it's not stuff I read often. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where it, it also, you know, because it exists, it's, it warrants being talked about. And this is an example of that. You know, the there there were there were moments in history where this thing happened to individuals uh, to gay individuals because they're uh, we didn't have the same level of social understanding as we do now and so uh, I think it's it's an important issue in that um, and then it was well told I think Billy's a sympathetic character good to bounce off of Alan it was uh, it was well paced I think like I mean good thing Kale's not here because I um, don't care about Alan Scott you know I'm not I have no real uh, uh, horse in that race. Mm. Um, so the whole super heroics part of it, it's like, no, I, I can read any other Green Lantern book. You know, I can read a Doctor Strange book about magic, which I am, and that book is actually very good. Um, yeah. But it, I kind of like that this is kind of doing its own thing. Um, it it seems like it, it it's kind of outside of the realm of all the other stuff DC's, DC is doing. And yeah, I know it's only a six-issue miniseries, but I also kind of like that. Mm. It's a condensed, contained story. Um, you know, it, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good little mini. Go and you it. can, having those parameters, I think is, is sometimes beneficial to a story. Um, yeah. Sometimes you, you I feel when direct. there's like an ongoing, um, creators don't really know where it's going because they don't know when it's going to end. So if you have a clear path of where you can go, um, I think they sometimes lead to better stories. And, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, there, there was one moment that I really, I really liked. Um, they're in the cafeteria and they're talking about the Alan's ring, um, where it's like, oh, you know, it's he, he's talking about like how when he gets out, he's gonna, you know, he'll be he'll he'll marry the first girl he sees because he's convinced that he has some sort of sickness. He's he's convinced that he can be cured and this is something to cure and so when uh when billy then responds and it's like okay you know uh, then you can finally get rid of that eyesore that you're wearing the the thing on your ring sound familiar uh tyler um wow (laughs) (laughs) you know i ditched that thing right away (laughs) i uh but 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 alan goes it's a it's a trophy uh do you even know what, what it's for and then billy responds do you and the last panel there is I do. It's like, oh, well done. It's really oh, good subtext. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, really good subtext. This is who I'm. This is who I am. I'm affirming that even though I'm saying something contrary to 
you. That, that's the anger, but the truth still comes out. I thought it was really well done. My only real knock with this is that I feel like the whole Arkham Asylum stuff is great. And then towards like like two thirds in or, or three quarters in, he kind of tells the rest of his story. <laughs> and, and then it becomes really condensed. And he's like, oh, and I met this person. I met this person. I met this person. Um, oh, yeah. And it was a little too machine gun at that point, um, mostly because it feels like uh, this was the issue where, <laughs> where Tim Sheridan could tell that story and he needed to fit all of it in one issue. Uh, because by the end of this, we already got the the, the looming red lantern in the back, um, which it's fine. It, that, it's a very small gripe uh, because yeah. all in all, I did enjoy this. I did not expect to like this book at all. Um, just did it on paper. Seemed like my thing, but uh, I'm enjoying a lot so far. Yeah, I'm having fun. Um, you know, which I'm gonna call it. This having fun, is... where people are getting lobotomized, Mark. <laughs> it's a good book. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but this is, uh, yeah, this wasn't something that I would have expected to to want necessarily, or expected to sit down and be like, okay, cool. You know, I'm just gonna take a take a gander through the book. But uh, it's it's been it's been holding up its own. And I think that for a book that maybe not as many people are going to pick up just because it's uh, it's not a main title. It's not a main Green Lantern book. It's, a, it's an Alan Scott. It's a mini. Um, I think it I think it warrants people's time. And I kind of wish DC would market it a little more as like not marketed as the gay book, but like as, you know, maybe like a pride thing and maybe talk about it a little more and market it that way. I know Tim Sheridan's been, you know, a little more on the nose, but I think that's that's fine to get more people to read the book um on social media so kudos to him um but that's just that's big two comics at this point you got to market your own book yeah yeah and i feel like if they if they did i think i mean frankly i think while whilst the 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 gay part of this is is important to the story and to the character um it's also just telling a story and i don't know that that needs to be the the focus to hook people in like you can come in here and discover that this is the book and you'll have a good time. It doesn't feel like a queer superhero story as much as a superhero who is queer. Does that make sense? Yes, exactly. And, and yeah. there are there and like because the the heart of it is yes, there are all these actual real life things that happened, but this is still. I think it was uh, who said it. Uh, Dan Trudeau in the chat said this is Alan Scott. This fits right in with Alan Scott, no matter what people complain about. And I think at its core, yeah, this is Alan Scott. It's a guy who cares about people, mm-hmm. um, and the people that come into his life. Um, yeah, no, I thought that was, this was good. Recommend. Yeah. Yeah, this is a poll. Speaking of polls, um, you pulled together a whole bunch of support, uh, this week to get Sean to read the flash and, uh, he can't, couldn't even make the show, uh, due to Damn. some, due to some family issues. But, uh, uh, yeah, the flash number three, uh, this was the listener pick Marco campaigned for this. This is by writer Cy Spurrier. Uh, with art by Mike Diodato Jr., colors by Trish Mulvihill, and letters by Hassan Atsmani Elahu. Um, yep, yep, and 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 you know Tyler, thank you for giving me this chance. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna ask why. I want you to to kind of uh, explain yourself uh, because it's not like Luke Cage had a book for the first time in like five years this week. It's not like Jessica Drew finally has another Spider Woman book. Um, but you made me read the Flash, and I and I read it, and I have thoughts. But why? I'm I'm genuinely having a lot of fun with this book. I like this this to me is a a love letter to 90s Vertigo comics. Like weird sci-fi, 
wonky ass horror this is that book to me at the moment like ju just the opening uh just the opening where they're talking about what is this uh thing that has appeared you know we're going with spooky speed force stuff there's no explanation I hate oh i it, hated it, it, the opening it, it brings you to the limits of reason and understanding and i like that this is mr terrific because he's you know his, his, he's a super intelligent individual and once you get to a point where your reasoning and your logic and the science makes no longer makes sense then then you you're you're at will to have to fill in the gaps with some level of mysticism, some level of uh, otherworldliness, some level of sci-fi. And that's where I feel like this book sits. So I, I did hate the beginning with Mr. Terrific. I, I, I find Mr. Terrific to be a likable character if done correctly. And he's so cold and he's just a robot in this. Um, mm -hmm. He's just the science guy. He is the the spokesperson for science in a book that kind of wants to question what actually is science. Um, and I found him grading and I found uh, Barry honestly annoying or sorry, Wally honestly annoying. And this is an issue I have as well. I can't tell the difference between Barry and Wally, both in costume and characterization at this point. Um, so I think that's an issue. This doesn't feel like Wally or Barry to me. It feels like the flash, uh, which I think is a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, once I woke up from reading all that science YNC mumbo gumbo uh, in the beginning, and they actually get to, I think, what this book wants to be. Um, the idea that there is a reality to the speed force that we cannot see or have never seen, that when, when somebody is running through the world at speeds unimaginable to the human eye, what effects can that cause on other realms of space and time? Yep. And I think that is a wildly weird concept that I'm intrigued about. I will say I'm intrigued. I don't find the characters compelling yet. Um, and I can see why Diodato was is on this book once we get to that idea of what we're tackling with, with there. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I think there could be some real wacky stuff there. He, they, go to the, they accidentally go to the realm of uh, spiritual beings, which I thought was really interesting. Um. And the premise has finally hooked me, but there's a lot of stuff else I don't really care much for in this book. I, so the, that plane, that like midway plane, um, I, I think that was a direct, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I think that was a, a direct reference uh, to Swamp Thing where like once a level of his consciousness gets to a certain point, then he reached he reaches this like limbo plane um i think the uh yeah uh, like the, the the alternate and the 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 differences in reality i think are really interesting because he's talking about math and he's talking about like different angles and you have different purviews and uh relative to something else like how do you uh distort your perception of something good stuff the there is no quicker way to lose me than talking about math. Oh, um, I, so I took remedial math in college. Uh, math puts me to sleep instantly. Like, honestly, I use rain rain sounds to go to sleep, like like ambient noise, uh, weather, rain, thunderstorm sounds. Uh, I should just put on the sounds of math because uh, that might knock me, <laughs> knock me out quicker. 
Uh, and I'll be honest, like, I read, I read this last night and it put me to sleep where I had to pick it up uh, where I left off this no. morning. Yeah. That first half just took me out. I was out. But, but again, like, I'm, I'm on the hook for at least issue four. <laughs> the premise oh. finally got me to the point where I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll keep going. Like, like the, the, that third or second page, strange attractor. And then uh, Mr. Terrific just like nope. pulls out his definition, a broad term, a, cha- a chaotic set of fractal calculations whose solutions adhere to a non-chaotic yeah, pattern. I'm, I'm reading that in like the Pokédex voice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the broad term Pokemon, you know, like that kind of thing oh, where yeah. it's just like, I'm not, this, there's no, I like, so like having read Alan Scott Green Lantern where there's a lot of emotional core there, there is none here. This is a very cold book. Um which is weird because I feel like Barry is not a cold person. Uh, or sorry, Wally. See, see, I'm getting them confused because there's an issue there. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm at least, I'm in, I'm in for issue four. I don't know if we'll get lucky enough to talk about it on the show, but we'll see. This will, uh, Man, is this book going to be in your like best of the year list? No, probably not. But okay. it's, right. it's, it's really good. And I, I, I do think that um, your point about this flash sounding just like a flash, not necessarily an individual character. I think that's salient. Um, Cause until you call that out right now, I actually didn't realize that or remember that the previous person you've been following has been Barry. Uh, Cause in, in both situations, they're just confused. They are experiencing the world and there is confusion. And that is, that is my per my reading of their characters at the moment. I also think that's just a general DC issue right now. Um, mm-hmm. Different, because, like, you know, Barry and Wally were never really meant to exist together as the Flash. Um, but they want to have their cake and eat it too. So um, they have yet to figure out how to properly juggle that. Okay, um, fair enough. But I don't think this, this book has done any favors for it either. So I don't yeah, want to no absolve dis- it of its sins there. There's no distinction of character, and I think that that becomes a problem because I was reading it as our previous POV, and uh, until I and and I read that first panel, aka Wally West, but it didn't phase me because I, I don't have associations, you know. Yep. The only way you can tell it's not Wally is because I feel like Barry would be more into the science, but that's about it. Which I I, I was confused about. I'm like, oh, why why are you questioning this stuff? Aren't you like a scientist? Barry is. Wally isn't. Yeah. Right, right. And so then I was like, oh, wait, okay. Then maybe lean into that a little more, you know? Or do this yeah. in an office where you can take his his mask off. Like, all right, if I see he's a ginger, then I can tell. <laughs> um, I, I do think the, the other thing that they do with the crumpling of the page, um, where it's going to get a bit meta, I think, I think he's shown his, his hands a little too early for what the book is. Like, this is, like, all right, you're leading to something, Sai. Cool, but you let a little bit too much out. Like th- this is too much um, too much of a preview because now I think I know where you're going. It's going to go into, this is going to be Seisberger's Animal Man. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah like super a, meta, yeah. super just like playing with form and stuff, which I'm, I'm up for, but I believe, I, I don't know if the book has earned that yet. I agree with you, yeah. Like once once Seisberger shows up in this book and some form of plane that the Speed Force can access... Uh, I'll be like, all right, well, you do like Vertigo. I mean, here's the thing. Cy Spurrier's Hellblazer, I think, is Vertigo. You know, yep. that feels like Vertigo to me. 
Um, the Flash, just a character I never really thought would dip its toes into that. So, and man, it's working so well. Diodato still cannot draw a gorilla. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know what those, those, those are big feet. Those are big foots. Uh, huh? those are, yeah. Huh. <laughs> Were you doing an impression of that cat? Huh? Meme? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Huh? I keep seeing that. Um, but that's the flash. Um, I'm still confused. I am on uneven ground with this flash book. Um, but here's the thing I can give it. It is different. It is the most different flash book I've ever read. Uh, and I can appreciate when creators try to do something weird. Yeah, yeah. The, um, I, the only other question I had was the folded man, Edwin Gauss. No idea. Is that, okay, all right, I was going to ask. It is apparently a Flash villain. Uh, he was in Infinite Crisis. He was in One Star Squadron. Um he can shift from a 3D body to a 2D or even 4D body. How do you shift to a 4D body? I'm unsure. But just add a, just add a direction. Play with the medium, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You just add, yeah. Yeah, I didn't um, hate it. I didn't hate it, but yeah, and, like and the, the gallery, the the gallery of moments. Uh, that was cool. That's another like, oh, is this like? parliament like a parliament of tree situation or like a parliament of time situation so i think that's like the flash museum which is a thing in flash comics are you familiar with the flash museum no so it could because um bart uh uh kid flash comes from the future um oh, where there yeah. where there is a flash museum of of the flash throughout history um and that's where i felt like Wally went in this. That's what it felt like to me. It felt like a either an even older Flash Museum or or newer. Oh man, this is Doctor Who lingo in my head because um, it looked uh, like the nature overtook it. Um, mm. I thought that's what that was, uh, but I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. So, so Dan uh, says uh, the big distinction used to be you can see Barry's eyes, but Wally's cow always has wide eyes like Batman. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I could. I could see that. I could see that. But I don't remember if his eyes were visible in this or not. Uh, at least not in the previous issues. I don't remember. But in this one, he's the white eyes. So it would be Wally. Okay. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Maybe that's just a, that's a flash fact for you. Was this, this wasn't your pick of the week, right? It wasn't, no. But um, Interesting. Okay, we're not there yet. Yeah, but this was good. This was really good. Okay. Well, let's get into the... Titan Comics side of things with Conan the Barbarian, number five. Uh, this is by writer Jim Zub with art by Doug Braithwaite, colors by Diego Rodriguez, and letters by Richard Starkings. Um, it's funny because uh, Conan, previously Marvel had the rights to Conan. Jason Aaron had written a whole bunch of uh, Conan stuff that I really enjoyed, uh, Mahmoud Asrar on art. And uh, then they lost the rights and Titan picked it up. Um, and actually, Jim Zub wrote a lot of Conan for Marvel as well. So once Conan came to Titan, he just kind of continued writing Conan. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where this is where uh, we are. This is number five. This is a new jumping on point. Um, what do you think of this? I want to hear your thoughts first. Um, this was good. I mean, it, it felt like a well constructed comic. Uh, I think the the fantasy elements of it aren't necessarily my like jam. But uh, I had a good enough time. I, I don't think anything here was lost upon me. 
this is issue five so we're kind of jumping in at some point of things have happened but um yeah nothing about this yeah nothing about this was bad it was a good comic the thing with with conan that i've learned is that everything is kind of like a jumping in in the middle of like in media res sort of thing uh mm-hmm. because his story spans from you know being a young uh, gladiator almost to being king conan and every time there's a new arc it's just like uh i'm gonna pick a time and a, a part in this timeline you know sure, um yeah and this is just that so I'm, I'm kind of used to that with conan and uh uh jim zub is a guy who's been writing um he's been writing dungeons and dragons lately as well um and this kind of felt like a, a merging of a D kind of campaign with conan um, the whole issue sets up Conan getting almost accidentally getting a team together to pull off a heist, which is the most oh, in a tavern as well, which is the most yeah. D&D opening to any Conan story ever. You got like a thief. You got like a guy who has like like a priest. So I don't know. He's like a magey sort of thing. You have Conan, who's a barbarian. Um, and th- this other guy who is more like a fighter. Um, so it felt very D&D, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same. I, I don't find Just, Conan compelling as a character. I think Conan really relies on the supporting cast. I I feel like there's a there's like an an adoration for the IP, and that's where maybe people jump in on. It's because yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, I this didn't make a Conan fan out of me necessarily. I haven't seen the movies. I haven't seen that. This is maybe my third ever Conan book, you know, so there's not a, an, an affection there necessarily. And I don't were think you, it's because, yeah. Were you surprised that it wasn't a really tall uh, ginger guy who told jokes? Oh. <laughs> it took you a bit. <laughs> it took me, I was, I was like, what? Yeah. I'm like, this guy's not ginger. <laughs> he used to, yo, he used to scare me, dude. Like he used to be, he was like super pasty. And I was just Wait, like, uh, Conan O'Brien used to scare you as a child? He was just pasty. He's a pasty, like, <laughs> pasty guy. I don't know. I was kind of just like, who is this guy? Uh, um, but this character. <laughs> yeah, let's just brush that over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We. I, I don't feel like I, I get to learn who he is. And I feel like he's somewhat one-dimensional. You know, he's come here, get the job done. All right. That's kind of how I wants. feel about Conan. You know, Conan is... He's like the potato chips of comics, you know? Is I really thought you were going to say the potato chips of comedy. No, no. no, no Conan O'Brien is like, I, I'm a big Conan O'Brien fan. Um, he does not scare me. I love Conan. Uh, but Conan the Barbarian feels like the just the plain potato chips of comics. You know, it's like, it's always there and you can always grab something Conan. And usually mm-hmm. it, it's going to scratch the itch that you want it to scratch. You know? It's going to have, the, there, there's some really good Doug Braithwaite um, death scenes in this. Like there's one of, of Conan stabbing a guy in the face and his teeth are just falling out of his face. It's graphic and it's kind of what you expect in this. And I think the, um, the Diego Rodriguez uh, colors kind of led to, lend to this almost like a Frazetta painting feeling in Ooh, this. Yep. That's uh, which, which is what you should do for Conan. That, that makes sense. There's a lot of yellows and a lot of browns. It's a very warm palette, um, even in the dark, um, and it's violent. So I think it is a pretty damn solid Conan comic. But I also don't don't expect Conan to be you know what the Flash is for Flash comics right now. 
I don't expect to, to read a, a, a Vertigo interpretation of Conan the Barbarian. But as I say those words, I would be interested in that. A nice little, a quick little monologue or two where he's, you know, no, just no, being... No, 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 Conan does not going, monologue. Going eloquent and all poetic about, you know, the meaning of this person he just killed. Read Thor for that. That's not Conan, I'm sorry. Oh, fair enough, yeah. yeah. Wax poetic. But, but, but that's actually a good comparison where, like, I feel like Thor is a more compelling character than this and i feel like they have maybe a similar uh, aesthetic in that they're 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 heroes they're they're uh they're fighters of some sort of larger mythology um but this didn't hook me necessarily the uh so, so dan Trudeau actually says no joke in the original story is conan has bipolar depression is that why he's such a good comedian never mind um <laughs> the um yeah i think I think like when I, when I think of Conan in that and it's you know uh, weird chronological non chronological storytelling uh, sense, the uh, King Conan can wax poetic because he's old, he's 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 hardened, he has stories to tell, which is honestly what what a lot of the old younger ones are 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 kind of bookended by. It's like King Conan telling a story, even the, even the Jason Aaron comics did that. Um, but I just don't see it for this Conan. This this Conan that we're reading right now, he's young, he is heartbroken, and he's drunk. Word. Yep. This, this guy was just me a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> Us a year ago. Minus the moida. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Right, allegedly. Right. Allegedly. Um, yeah, I think this is, if you like Conan, I think this is a good Conan comic. Agreed. And honestly, I think Easy that's pull. like that's pretty high praise. I think because I don't expect much. I, hmm. I don't expect much, and this maybe met, if not exceeded, expectation. But I'm not in love. You're not picking up Conan every every month now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but this was a pull. This was like you said, if you're a fan of the character, this is a pull. Yeah, this felt like it was in line with the Marvel stuff too. So if you if you liked the Marvel stuff and you know have kind of been uneasy with switching publishers, I think this is fine. This is pretty much the same stuff. Um, I didn't pick this up physically, so I don't know if the paper difference is a thing. But honestly, it can't be worse than Marvel's paper at this point. So maybe physically, this might be even an upgrade for you. Titan probably invests in their comics. Uh, you'd, you'd hope. Um, but let's get to I guess your pick of the week here. Uh, right. with Kaya number 13 from Image Comics. This is uh, an easy creator uh, creator list to talk about because this is Wes Craig on writing and art and art and arting. Uh, writing and arting, Wes Craig. Uh, colors by Jason Wordy and letters by Tom Napolitano. Ha- um, have you been reading Kaya? No. Okay. And um, I haven't. Have you? I, dude, it's, it's on my like to read pile that I've been trying to get to, but I usually have to get to like the other books we read normally for the show. So yeah, I just, yeah. I just jumped right into this. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't have time to read 12 other issues. And, and I think, um, off of the back of this, it, it excited me enough to be like, Whoa, wait, what did I miss issue one? Like, yep. like, was I not aware I mean, about this? Comic? Yes, you did miss um, issue one, Marco. This is issue 13. <laughs> well, it, um, and that that was the thing that made it the book of the week for me was it was like this made me want to catch up and read more and and dig and dive a little bit deeper um where i it, this was just 
it brought you into the world. It got you grounded with your characters. I understood who the characters were. Um, the art is, it's beautiful. Um, the colors are, I can't tell if they're always digital or sometimes like watercolored, which a favorite aesthetic of mine, loved it. Even the lettering, man, down to the lettering, there's such a care. There, There's a moment on, what is this, page one, two. There's a, there's a moment on page two, the very last panel on page two. Uh, there, the lettering uses this, like, it looks like it's um, raised a little bit, has like a little bit of a shadow underneath the bubbles. It's used twice in this book. Who who says I mean, it? Is it is it Kaya that says it or uh, uh, Jin? No, but both characters, Jin and Kaya. Got it. And it's used here, and it's used in an, uh, another moment, almost like a page or two before the end. Explicitly in these moments, and I was sitting there being like, "Why? Like, what is, like, wh what is the reason? What was going on?" And it it looks like it's just to make a slight distinction between something that is slightly off white than to put a white background. And I'm like, okay. One, that is incredible attention to detail and care. You're 13 issues in, my hat's off. Because for you to be like, I'm going to use this specific bubble technique here at this point uh, just for this and just for another moment, uh, I was like, whoa, okay. You know what? You you, you got me with that. You're, you're paying attention. You're make, you care about this book. You give a damn about this book to be this prescriptive about something. I've been, uh, I, I, I'm impressed. So first off, Wes Craig is a chill dude. <laughs> so I've I've been wanting to to actually get into this, you know, after meeting him at New York Comic Con this year. Nice um, guy. Probably like the most soft spoken dude we talked to. Um, and, and he's like fun. Remember the the moment where he like walked pa past us, where he's just like, uh, yeah, he, he was trying to yeah he was trying to get us to talk to. He was like he's like should I talk to Frank Miller? And I'm like yeah dude just talk to Frank Miller. Oh, he's yeah. like nah I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like uh, it's so fine. Awesome. Um, but. You know, getting into Kaya, I didn't really know what to expect from this. Um, mm. I had read the solicits for like issue one, but that's over a year ago. My brain, my memory card in my brain is like a PS2 memory card. There's not much space up there. Um, actually, it's more like a Sega Dreamcast one where like it's got like a cool LED panel on it. Um, not enough blocks. Not enough blocks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I thought you were too young for that. Um, I got it. There you go. Uh, but it was cool to jump into this. This felt a bit like... Um, uh, it, it, it's Kamandi meets The Last of Us in a way, you know. It, it's oh. it's this uh, uh, younger character who's like really strong, but now has to be a, a, a parental figure for this really uh, young and naive and scared um, younger kid who is the key to saving the world. Mm. Um, so like a little like a lone wolf and cub a bit. Um, but the whole world is interesting. Like, I don't really, I haven't read the rest, you know, any of the other issues. And I jumped into this. And, and it was, this issue was solicited as a jumping on point, which okay. was nice. Um, it says, uh, new story arc, 2023 Ringo Awards nominee for best kids comic, best cartoonist. Um, yeah, and I think it is a good jumping on point. It, it kind of establishes where the world is. There's a good recap page that you can read that. Yes. Gets you gets you up to speed pretty dang quickly, um, because the story isn't the most revolutionary story, and I don't think that's what this book is. I think the book is more of the craft of comics and the art. Um, okay. Wes Craig, you know, after reading Deadly Class, um, with Rick Mender, um, is a is a is a 
true pro at this, and I thought this was a fantastic book. Um, enough so where I might I might bring Kaya up on my uh, to read pile a little further up in the queue. Hey, so finally get caught up because I did like it. It looked really good. One of the one of the markers for me to tell whether or not an environment is rendered well artistically or described well in a book is if I can smell it. And if I can imagine a smell to the to that thing, then I'm like, oh, you know what? You did a really good job explaining this to me. Like, okay. like for example. Yeah, example, yeah, yeah. I need an example here. Yeah. Like like they're in the they come out of the the sewers and everything. Like the sewers, first of all, you could imagine sewers, whatever, right? But they come this out of the sewer. This is New York. Right, yeah. yeah. And they make it to the like this land of the pirates. And I'm like, okay, the pirates are they look like these mer people. Um, the ground around them is surrounded by coral. Uh, even the the places at which when they come out of the ground or when they come out of the 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 sewer, they're you know they're drenched, they're wet, and the the fight that happens that that arena felt like oh okay I can there's something moist about this or maybe like a little salty <laughs> or, you, know, you know what I mean like did you just say there's something moist about this referring to a digital comic book you read. Or like, like damp, like a, I can smell, I can perceive There's a the texture. Dampness. There's a texture to the story and the art. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, but I can, <laughs> but but the world was re- rendered well enough. <laughs> Dan, Dan, uh, Dan in the chat says Marco was smelling colors. He may have a head injury. Well, not wrong. So wouldn't be the first one. Wouldn't be the not first wrong. one. But, but but you know what I mean? Like there, it's just it 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 feels like it, it's a well described world and. Uh, and, and that's the way that I can tell it's being well done is if I can perceive that through a sense that is not actually there or is not actually being stimulated. I get that. I under, I, I, I don't understand you at all, but <laughs> I sort of understand you. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I can see that. So for like where, where I guess things need to have a more of a multi sensory, uh, mimicry for you, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, if there's a hallmark to a good story for me, that's anthropomorphized animals. Like, you put an <laughs> animal in barbarian armor, I'm sold. I'm a simple man. Like, that is the easiest thing to get me into it. Um, I think this is a good This is a good book if people like Adventure Time. It kind of feels like Adventure Time a bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, just minus the extra goofiness. So probably, like, later stage Adventure Time. Um uh, I didn't. I didn't really picture this as a kids book until I read the solicit. Um, yeah, yeah. But I can totally see it. Yeah, I can see that. Like the art in it, it's very cartoony. Um, I don't want to say it's YA because I feel like that lumps people into a category. Um, but uh, Arena Telgemeier is a comparable uh, artist. It's not I, I in would... the same style. I would say it's YA. It kind of feels into, you know, the, the post-apocalyptic world of YA fiction. Um, maybe not comics, more likely, but but in fiction. Yeah, um, that's fair. If you like Hunger Games, I'm sure you could like this, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you okay. like, I don't know, Maze Runner. That is like what, what YA, uh, or at least the film, like, leads you to believe YA is. Um, it's just post-apocalyptic, you know, kids be having to become adults, really. Um, and that's what this feels like. Uh, I thought this was great. Yeah. This this was your pick of the week. This was my pick of the week. Yep. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Really good story. Really good world. I'm interested. I'm I'm invested just off this issue. 
in, in these characters Same. and their mission. Same. Uh, there's a reindeer dude. And there's going to be like a pirate arc. This feels like the the pirate arc of uh, Critical Role Season 2, um, which if I know Sean. Sean's not here, so he might not be into it. But you and I, Marco, pirate fans? Oh, pirate fan, dude. Easy. Love that Easy. movie. You know what? You know what? Pick of the week for pirates. Hey, both start with P. Um, but not my pick of the week, but I did want to talk about something because I could not let a week go by where Howard the Duck book comes out and I don't talk about it. So this is a, a 50th anniversary Howard the Duck book that is, uh, it's a return of uh, Chip Zdarsky writing Howard in kind Ooh. of like a book-ended fashion uh, with what-if stories thrown in between. Uh, and some of the writers are uh, Daniel Kibblesmith, Jason Liu, Merrick, Merrick Kay, uh, Joe Quinones comes back for the Chip Zdarsky stuff, uh, uh, Annie Wu comes back for uh, the Daniel Kibblesmith story, which I missed Annie Wu in in comics. Uh, Annie Wu is great. She's um, doing like indie stuff. I think yeah, I think I think she does. Uh, and Derek Charm comes uh, comes in here too, who I, I like as well. Um, this is fun. This is uh, it, it's kind of a just a, an anthology book for Howard stuff. It's it's a classic uh, anniversary book. Um, it's it, this like near future where Howard. Uh, realizes the universe that he's in sucks. And so he talks to not the watcher, but the peeper, which is like a retired watcher who can't really be a watcher anymore, but he still likes looking at things. So he oh kind of, he, he has like a greasy tank top on. <laughs> he looks a little overweight for a watcher. Um, it's such a chip thing to do. Uh, and then That's he peeks into good. these alternate universes. Um, there's one. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. This is a fun book. Uh, yeah. This is definitely a fun book. One, the the story I like the most is um, the the Daniel Kibblesmith uh, uh, Annie Wu story, which deals with what if Howard actually became president? Because there was that whole thing of Howard the Duck, where he was running for president and they had pins for it, like actual pins you could do, pretty yeah. similar to like what Disney did with Winnie the Pooh for president. Um, but it's what if he became president and he gets he gets attacked by these. Uh, uh, almost like uh, what are they? What are they, what are they known as? The uh, let's see if League of Comic Geeks wants to tell me. No, they don't. Um, but the focus group, focus group, these aliens that are taking all of Earth's heroes and trying to condense them into uh, the cleanest version of themselves, the most marketable version of those characters. That's um, so good. And it and it's great to use Howard for that because Howard is like the the character when it comes to like the genesis of creators' rights between the big two. You know, Gerber, that was his thing where he wanted the rights to Howard. Marvel did not give it to him, so he made Destroyer Duck. He made all these other ducks outside of Marvel Comics uh, because technically he could. Uh, Wait, he was really? a big proponent for creator rights. Dude, yeah, Howard the Duck has significance outside of the text that I think people under underappreciate. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I love Howard the Duck as a character. Uh, so it's kind of Howard fighting a comic book villain version of corporate greed and corporate dilution of characters and art. Um, and at the end, just kind of giving up, <laughs> which is in line with Howard. Uh, and that has Bev in it too. Um, this is just hey, fun, yeah. fun Howard the Duck stuff. Um, and I just, I, it is cool seeing uh, Chip and Joe Quinones back. I have a Joe Quinones Howard the Duck commission on my wall. Um, it's very good. Uh, yeah, I just love love this character. So and it was cool to see him back, and I wanted to talk about it. So, hey man, you know. that's awesome. 
and, and I'm glad that it's like a resurgence of that uh, that era of the Howard the Duck stuff that you enjoyed too. So Brandon Barnett says, uh, Gerber rescued Howard from Marvel and continuity. The Howard we have now is a clone, which is funny because one of the bits in this at the end, it's like the reveal is that, uh, uh, what's her name? Tam, uh, Tara Tam, who's like Howard's sidekick in, in Chip's run. Um, she's like a scroll that can do a whole bunch of things. Um, but she goes to feed Howard, Howard a, a treat. And it turns out Howard is actually a mech and there's just an actual duck in a mech. <laughs> um, walking around as Howard and it's not really addressed. It just ends there and it's weird. Um, but it's a fun book and I liked it. It's a very flexible character. Howard has a great character underused. One of the stories is if Howard the duck was star Lord. Um, oh, I think I've seen it. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's during the kitty pride era of Bendis guardians of the galaxy run, which is like, that's the, that's the guardians run I want to go back to least. But uh, it's fun seeing seeing Howard in that role. Um, but it was fun. But those are the books we're talking about this week. Good stuff. Good selection. Uh, good selection of books. Surprising. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from your feedback, we've been trying to do a little uh, books we might not normally have talked about on the show. Kaya being one of them. Conan being one of them. So we're going to try and, uh, if you appreciate that kind of uh, thing we're doing, uh, we'll try and do a little more. Just kind of uh, yeah. scratch different itches. That's right, and and not all of them are going to be number one, so it won't be you know the beginning of an arc necessarily, but similar to Kaya, places that we feel make sense to jump in, so it, it's easier for people to acclimate and um, and if people want to continue from there, you know, more power to you guys, or even us. Uh, yeah, so you guys didn't want us to talk about Spider-Man Gang War Prelude number one, uh, but uh, yeah, so Dan Dan says he appreciates it, so th- thank you. Uh, but before we go, we wanted to talk about one more thing. Just one more thing. Is that a Jackie Chan Adventures reference? Yes, um, it is. Yeah, oops. Um, one more thing. But uh, a big thing on the internet this week is uh, something called Spotify Wrapped. Um, it's essentially what Spotify does every year. They uh, kind of culminate and, and they, they do all the data crunching for your listening habits throughout the year. And uh, Marco and I wanted to out ourselves and our musical taste on, on this, I'm week's, ha- I'm, this week's show. I'm proud of my musical taste. Um, that's what, so this is what I want to do. I want you to look at mine, and I want to look at yours, and we'll just judge each other, okay? Okay. Is, right. is it cool if we just – is a fully judgmental realm right now. Yeah, yeah. Wait, uh, do you have yours up? Where is it, I'm going to put mine up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, okay. It, okay. it's up. I'll, I'll vamp a little bit while you look at it. Um, okay. But um, yeah, I listen to music mostly when I drive. So I'll talk about music listening habits here. Um, so my, my minutes listened to um, is not as big as I normally would think, um, mostly because mm-hmm. I, I, I drive and, and, and listen to music. If I'm at home, I'm usually listening to podcasts, honestly. Um, but uh, my top artist this year, in the year 2023, so we'll go from the bottom up. Number five, Lady Gaga, constantly in my top five. I just can't get enough. Um, number four is ABBA. Uh, been I... Am a lover of disco. And I love ABBA because their music is just so upbeat and their lyrics are so depressing. <laughs> um, it, it's the, 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 the dichotomy between that. And also, I'm a big Mamma Mia fan. That movie is, I, I saw that with mm. some friends this past summer. We went to like a, a sing-along version of, of uh, Mamma Mia. 
And I think that reignited my love for ABBA again. And I just kept reading and listening to it for another half year. Yo, uh, they, had, they do disco nights in, at, a, at a place in Brooklyn. Let me know, man. I, I've been to one. It's a lot of fun. What are we going to do? Like, a, I don't know what drugs they did during disco. <laughs> you could just go to dance, Tyler. I, I'm horrified of dancing. Oh. I need to be under some form of influence, preferably booze, um, <laughs> to do that. It is on, like that and singing are my biggest fears. Oh, I'm like that and, for singing. And I, tornadoes. I don't like that. Um, it's irrelevant. Um, number f- number three, Dua Lipa. Respect. It's good. It, it's it good. wasn't just the Barbie movie. Uh, that definitely that's the, my number two most listened to song. But uh, uh, yeah, I like Dua Lipa. <laughs> uh, Kim Petras number two. Uh, Kim Petras is killing it this year. She is. Um, are you not familiar? With Kim I Petras? actually don't know who Kim Petras is. Listen to Coconuts. That's like a good introductory song, and then get into like. I think Uh Oh was one of my most listened to songs. Um, and then Charlie XCX, which I think this is my second year in a row where Charlie's been my top listened to artist. I think it was in like 0.5% of listeners for Charlie. Oh, wow. um, uh, yeah, I, it's a very pop heavy list, even though my top genre was rock. And that's probably because I've been listening to Creed a lot lately. Um, but yeah, this is, I like dancey music, even though I'm horrified of dancing. Uh, I mean, you know what, like this, I, I can't judge this. These are all good artists. I, the only person I don't know is Kim Petrus and Charlie X, uh, XCX. I only know tangentially, like there's a few songs. She's been in a lot of other people's songs. Yeah. 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 So like I, I, I haven't, and I haven't given her a proper listen to Lady Gaga. Amazing. ABBA, ABBA, amazing. There was an ABBA tour recently where they were holograms. What? Yeah. And I, I guess. I had issue with that, but like in why? retrospect, I probably should have went. Yeah, why not? That's kind of it was cool. creepy. Like, it was creepy. But but they were like dancing there, like they, they, they were, were they projected were onto us a, a stage essentially. But they were uh, somewhere in the world doing this, and then it was being projected. There. No, I think Abba. I think if if they're not dead, they're old. Um, and oh, can't I perform. see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, mm, that's a little different. Yeah. Not, like honestly, like that. if Elvis did a projection show, would you go? Nah, I don't care for Elvis. Oh, I'd love Elvis, man. Elvis is so good. Minus the whole uh, spousal abuse thing, but you know. Well, you know. <laughs> so let's look at yours. Let's look at yours. Uh, so mine, hold on. Yours is interesting. Notes. So mine, okay, okay. So I'm, I'm going to do from the bottom up the same way. Uh, like Bad five Money. times as much more minutes listened to as me. I, and I'm so mad because I, I really want to get to like at, at minimum like maybe 80K. Um, but I need to do more listening apparently. And, uh, I, I saw in the discord, I think Harris and Kefis had like over 112 or something like that, which is absolutely incredible. Like, I, I love that people listen to that much music. Um, the, but yes, I have uh, bad bunny is number five. I love his stuff. I think even before the new album came out, um, you know, so, what is it? The one he dropped 2020? No, 2021. Yeah. Uh, I love his stuff. And El Apagón, which is on my top songs over there, is probably my one of my favorite tracks of his, especially off of that, that last album. Um, Un Verano Sin Ti. Lauvi. I've been in love with Lauvi for the past two years, I want to say. So it's been awesome to see her rise, like her meteoric rise into 
the world of pop. I got to see her live about a month ago and man, just good ass music, really, really nice, um, jazz leanings and the way that yeah, she, okay. yeah, she, she pulls a lot from that, um, from that kind of aesthetic and, and that world, even though it's, it's largely pop, the, the, the influencers are there and felt. I've been seeing her a lot more recently. Um, huge. You yeah. mentioned her like a year ago and like since then, like she's had a big year, I guess, because I've been seeing her outside of you talking about her. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, yeah. She's, she's probably one of the, the top played artists, uh, this year. Hmm. Um, and then Mac DeMarco. So this one's interesting because yeah, it is. What, what, yeah. what, what I, what I do recently is I have a playlist and I talked about this for anybody who tuned into my, um, newsletter a few, maybe two, two newsletters ago, a newsletter ago. I, when I listen to music, I have a new thing that I do where I listen to albums in their entirety for Mac DeMarco. I, I've been going through different, um, through, through different artists back catalog Mac DeMarco was one that I did this year for about, I want to say a week or two, maybe two weeks, closer to two weeks. And what I do is I just take the, the albums, I put them into one playlist called to listen. And that's all I listen to mm, the entirety of anything. Um, and it's, yeah. When I did my Spotify wrapped, it gave me like a archer as my archetype which just means that I skip through songs all the time and I find the one I'm looking no, for. <laughs> I'm like I'm like a, a every my entire library of like songs on shuffle kind of guy and just mm. let the let the world take me. I actually I actually, I actually really enjoy the Spotify DJ. So oh, I I don't like the DJ cuz I think I need more new music to be like for me to be engaged. So one of the things that I I got I got called a uh, a shapeshifter because one moment I'm head over heels for an artist and the next I move on. And that's my listening. Not just habit, music. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey. Oy. Uh And <laughs> in in this for this example, Mac DeMarco has an album uh, that is nine hours long, and I oh, okay. listened yeah. to the entirety of nine. So I think that affected the algorithm, frankly. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, my favorite rapper. I listen to his shit all the time. I. That's why. So new... institutionalized number two in your top songs is not the suicidal tendency song. And no, it's it in fact a Kendrick Lamar song. song. Okay, that's right. That's right. And it, uh, I've, I've become more a fan of his as I've explored more John, uh, more rap within the same kind of vein. So uh, JID Jid is a more recent find for me. Jid's really good. Good stuff. Jid's real, real good. good. Yeah. Um, J Cole is somebody that I'm trying to continue to learn a bit more about. Uh, and lastly, the Beatles. The Beatles, to which I contest that they should not be there. I think this is a, an algorithmic fluke. I agree. I think, I, like, I love the Beatles, but I don't listen. I, I feel like I don't listen to them as often as I do. I have, I, I, I should you not, I probably don't have maybe 15 of all of their songs liked on my Spotify of, of everything that they put Interesting. out. Like, like albums proper. I am missing maybe in total 15, 15 songs. So I don't, I don't they, see a, a Beatles song in your top songs either, so. Yeah. Uh, also, that yeah, from the start, yeah. which is the Laubi song, Naima's Coltrane actually, and the five one two is uh, more reggaeton. The but, um, what screwed me over last year for my Spotify Wrapped was uh, I had left a playlist playing on my computer, and on mute, 
on repeat. And so my Spotify rap is like, you just like exotica music. And I'm like, well, no, yeah, I do, but it's not what I meant to do. <laughs> but not that much. Exactly. Yeah. So did you leave a playlist of the Beatles playing in the background or something? No, I, I, it, I think it's, I think it has something to do with the cash, like on, on the, like to load songs faster. And because I have a lot of Beatles songs and I listen to them sometimes, it's just one of those things that it'll go back to. Um, but I feel like I, I see a Beatles song and I made, cause this is, this has been the same top artist for the past three years, three years now. And I'm like, yo, I'm making an, an, an active choice. Anytime there's a Beatles song to skip it. Good. Not join, join me on the, on the anti Beatles wagon. No, I'm, I'm, I, the Beatles are incredibly influential and amazing artists, but I don't want them to be my number one artist anymore because I don't think I listen to them as often as I do. I would love to see how this, how the, the sausages are made here. Same. Um, like, but is it, is yeah. it plays? Is it how deep into a song you get? So you, uh, so you like Kendrick, did you listen to, uh, Scaring the Hose by JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown at all this year? No, is that? That's some good stuff. That new? Yeah. Um, new as in it came out this year, yeah. Oh. Um, do you do you have you have you listened to JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown at all? I've heard of JPEG Mafia. Um, Danny Brown's great, dude. Yeah, I saw Danny Brown and Schoolboy Q open for Childish Gambino one year at Central Park. That oh. I was late to because I got into a car accident, but I just ditched my car and went to the show anyway. Um, what? I, I I knew where the car was. It was in it was near my uncle's house. So I just parked oh, it there, and we just went to the train instead. Um, but oh, uh, no, I, Spotify Wrapped is – people always, like, meme about it online now. Where it's like, I don't want to know what your Spotify Wrapped is. I want to know what your Spotify Wrapped is. Like, yeah, same. It's revealing. Like, mine – like, you think a twink had mine, but, you know, this is <laughs> what I listen to. <laughs> my, my, my friend Kim said that uh, my top is all for bottoms. <laughs> no. And I was like, oh, I, I guess so, I, yeah. To address, uh, to adre- address Brandon Barnett in the chat, the Doors are not better than the Beatles. I disagree. They... I love the Doors. What? Yeah. The Doors? No, uh, I can't. In, I think better and inf- more influential are very different prompts. Um, but if we're talking better, I agree. Oh, man, I can't. I can't. It, There's like the ephemeral the... nature of the Doors. I, I think the Beatles is so um, manufactured. What? Yeah. Nah, dude. I don't they were made in a lab. Let's be real. <laughs> by by UK scientists to, I, to yeah, mind yeah. to mind wipe us all. Oh, Dan Dan uh, says I have had injury now. <laughs> now I've just been <laughs> drinking. Um, that's our show, guys. That's what we're going to talk about. I would. I don't think. I don't think Sean and uh, Kale might have a Spotify wrapped. I don't think. I don't think Sean. He might actually. He just kind of plays it, stuff it, close to the best. Yeah, but it's probably like all metal. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, but I'd be curious to see what those two's are. Um, Kel's, Kel's definitely pop punk. Uh, Christian Harry says my rap gets ruined by work. I cook at a large daycare, so what I listen to and what I want to listen to are very different. Damn, that's fair. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I tend to listen to like a like a Martin Denny and some like exotica music, or I listen to like Verilin, um, just oh, to like. Verilin. I love, dude. I love like old, you know, like big band music and Verilin and mm. stuff. Um, but that's when I need to relax. <laughs> that's when I need to chill. I wouldn't consider that music I'd listen to. It's music I need in certain moments. Uh, that was my, that was my New York Comic Con, uh, 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 playlist. It was a whole bunch of like Verilin music just to get through those crowds when I had my headphones on when I was by myself. 
Um, so I was surprised that didn't really show up. My um, Marco, I'll, I'll send you my 2023 playlist just so you can see what's in there because it is okay, yeah. it is wild. It goes from like Verilin to Creed to Limp Biscuit and then to the Miami Boys Jewish Choir. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yo, that's that is, but I feel like that's kind of a, a similar. Actually, no, hold on, I'm looking through. No, never mind. Mine's a lot of what I have listed out, but it still gets all over the place. Mine is very all over the place. It is. There's a lot of new metal on there too. Um, mm-hmm. it's weird, but uh, yeah, that's the show, guys. Thank you for for joining us for Palace Pools, even though we're uh too short. Um, it was oh, nice. Uh, short. Okay, that's all right, Napoleon. <laughs> um. It was nice just hanging out with Marco, you know? Not nothing against the other guys, but like kinda let them let them live. And you know, Marco and I um I guess yeah. generally enjoyed the books this week too. Yeah, really yeah. good stuff. I feel like you and I isn't a pairing that happens often, so Yeah, right. But yeah. Uh, I feel like we're um we it's always it's always like uh well we always devolve into like food conversation at some point, but we didn't this week. Yeah, we yeah, that's why I put I put Spotify in here. I figured music might uh tempt us away. And I ate before the show. Oh, are we the Miami boys? Is that we is, is is Colombo calling us the Miami? No, boys? the Miami boy choir. They do the there was like a a TikTok oh. thing. Yeah, you're Shirlalo. I I don't speak Hebrew, um, but that song that song slaps. It sounds like an anime music intro. Um, send I'll send it to, it to me. I'll send now it to I'm you. Um, but yeah, guys, until uh, until Saturday, we'll see you Saturday. I'm not sure what the show is about, but we'll figure it out, and we'll see you then, 10:15 a.m. Uh, Eastern, right here. Uh, but for Palace Bulls, I'm Tyler. That's Marco. And See you next week. There you go.